0: Well, good morning, everyone. Wait, wait, wait. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's good to have you here at City Church with us this morning, and um, we're going to continue in the teaching series that we began quite a while ago, where we're focusing on follow Jesus, serve others. Follow Jesus, serve others. And in line with this, the teaching that. God laid on my heart last week for the City Church family was one where there's been a lot of feedback. A lot of feedback. And one of the, the roles as a pastor, if you were to kind of look at the people that tell pastors what we ought to be doing, they tell us three of the major priorities, there are others, but that God calls us to be people of prayer where we listen to God, but God also calls us to be people who pastor people where we meet with people and we listen to where they're at and what's going on in their hearts and lives, not so much for feedback towards City Church, but just to meet with people and hear what they're at and what is life throwing at them and what are they going through. And then another thing that's a priority for every pastor is after you listen to God through prayer, you listen to people with what's going on in their hearts and lives, then you preach. You go into God's word and say, okay, what does God's word have to say to what people are wrestling with or what people are struggling with? And one of the things that I have come across over the past several months is that there's a good number of people here at City that are struggling with fear and they are struggling with hatred and bitterness. Hatred and bitterness. And yet it's interesting in the Scriptures that the number one command of God, this is the number one command, it's the most repeated command in all of Scripture. There are people struggling with fear, and yet the number one command of God from the Older Testament to the Newer is this. Fear not, I'm with you. Fear not, I am with you. The other command Jesus brings us. And last week we took a look at this, and I'm not going to go over the teaching again, but if you were not here, I want to encourage you that it's up on the City Church website. You can watch the teaching from last week, but the teaching focused on Luke chapter 4 when Jesus went home to Nazareth to the people that knew knew him, and he confronted them in their nationalistic fervor, and he challenged them with two stories of where God had done miracles among their enemies where God had literally healed their enemies. And because of that, they became irate and bitter and they grabbed Jesus and took him to the edge of a cliff in Luke 4 and they were going to throw him off the edge and killed him. But with God's strength and power, Jesus just walked through the crowd and he went on his way. And the challenge of that episode is, is am I loving my enemies or Have I become so filled with fear and with bitterness and rage where I am despising and I'm hating people? There was a lady who's sitting here, I see her this morning. She's sitting in the auditorium. She approached me after the service with two of her children and she asked me this question. She said, how do you do this practically? What does that look like practically? Well, unbeknownst to her, I already had an idea that I'd been working on for this week, and you'll experience that idea in just a few moments, about what is it like when we handle these things the way Christ calls us to. Last week, we ended. The last scripture that I read was a scripture that warns us, as followers of Jesus, what the end times are going to look like in conjunction with that hometown group that Jesus grew up with and how they had become a people of hate and a people of bitterness and fear. And Jesus, in conversation with his disciples at the very end of his ministry in Matthew 24, they come to him and they ask Jesus this question, what will the signs of the end be? Jesus, we believe that you're the prophet, that you're God in the flesh. Tell us what it will be like in the end, the end of times. We read some of those texts, and we're going to do it now. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Matthew 24, and we're going to read verses three through 14. It's page 805 in the Bibles that we provide. And the text will also be up on the screen, and I would like for you to read it with me. I will read it out loud. As we read this, I want you to zero in on what Jesus is answering. He's talking about the signs of the ends of time. We pick up our reading. Verse 3, Matthew 24. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Pause button just for a moment. What would you ask Jesus if you had a private hearing with him? What would you ask him? What would the burning question in your soul be if you could sit with Christ and ask him a question privately? Picture this, the disciples have walked with him. They followed him for three and a half years and now they come to Jesus in private and they ask this question. Tell us, they said, when will this happen And what will the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? What will be the sign? What are we to look for? Jesus answered. Now here's a list of signs. They asked for one. Jesus answered, verse 4. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. As we read, I want you to begin to check the box. Will you do that with me? You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. See to it. Reading on. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. I talked about this briefly last week. But the word for nation is the Greek word ethnos. It's where we get the English word ethnic. When you think about nation in Scripture, don't think borders of countries. Don't think Canada, the United States, Mexico. When you see the word nations in the Bible, think ethnic groups, people groups, you could have 150 people groups inside of what we call a nation. So just remember that. You could put in here ethnic groups or people groups. So people group will rise up against people group and kingdom against kingdom. Picture this, that religion will come against religion. Kingdom will battle against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all of these are the beginning of birth pangs. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all people groups, all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. I want you to notice how often hatred is shown here That it's almost like the world, humankind, moves towards hatred, where bitterness and hatred becomes the main way of interacting. Reading on, I want to read verse 10 again, and it says, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. I was talking about this text with my son, and he's the one that really knows Greek well. He better, he went to UVA as a classics major, and he graduated, so he better know Greek. I paid enough to get what he told me. (laughs) And he said this, Dad, make sure that people understand that wickedness doesn't just relate to a cult, or the occult, or witchcraft. He said, make sure that they understand that this word talks about kind of the tangible results of evil, wickedness. Reading on. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. In other words, the job of the Christian is not to go into neutral and say, oh, good Lord, oh, help me. The job of the Christian, if you see these boxes being ticked off as the signs of the end, our job is to move forward and advance the gospel of Jesus. It's not to turtle up with fear but it's to move forward with the gospel of Christ. As I looked at these verses, as I looked at these signs, something hit me. As Jesus gave the list of where things are going to begin to change and things are going to begin to go wrong, I looked at that list and what I recognized, what I came to understand was this. There will be no safe place. No safe place. In the sense where people groups will be hating people groups and religions and kingdoms will be battling with each other. If you say, well, I can avoid that, then Jesus says there's going to be famine, food shortages. By the way, if you were to read that in the Newer Testament, you would think of plagues of locusts. You would think about drought. Those were the things that would cause famine. And then there's earthquakes. Earthquakes. There will be natural disasters. And it's almost like the whole of creation begins to heave and it begins to writhe and people begin to do the same. When I thought about the earthquakes, I remember when I was in the middle of an earthquake. I will never forget this. There were a group of about 10 or 12 of us that were on a missions trip. We were supposed to go to Quito, Ecuador, but at the very last minute, you may remember this, many years ago there were massive earthquakes that ripped through El Salvador and unfortunately took a ton of lives and just destroyed the housing and the churches in a whole region of El Salvador. Well, the missionary, my good friend, Joe Castleberry, we were going to go with him to Ecuador, and he called me up right after the earthquakes happened and said, would you switch venues? Would you mind going to El Salvador? He had worked there as well, and he said, will you switch where you're going? We called up the airline, said, look, here's why we're switching our tickets, and within just a week of us leaving, we switched, and we decided to go to El Salvador instead of Ecuador. Well, I'll tell you this. I had never been through an earthquake before. How many of you have experienced an earthquake? Raise your hand really high. How many who keep that hand raised? How many of you with your hand raised, if you've been through one, just if you ever go through another one, it'll be too soon. Raise your other hand. I I remember being in El Salvador, and we were moving blocks, cinder blocks. And I was sitting on a stack of cinder blocks, not because I'm lazy, just because... The blocks needed stabilizing. I needed to sit on them and keep them stable. But I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, I heard what sounded like a freight train. And I literally looked on the side of the mountain, and the trees began to slap together. And I thought, it looked like wind. I went, oh, my goodness, that's weird. And I'm looking down the road, and all of a sudden, I looked, and there was a wave, just like you'd see at the Outer Banks. It was about that high. And it was coming straight at me on the road. And stones were popping up five and ten feet in the air as this wave came towards me. And I was sitting on the cinder blocks. And when that earthquake hit those cinder blocks, it threw me up in the air. And the cinder blocks just began to bounce. Behind me was a cistern that had been cracked. We were rebuilding the pastor's home. And the cistern had been cracked in the original earthquakes and there were two nationals that were down in the cistern and they were repairing the crack because what they do there is these very poor pastors, they have drain pipes that put the rainwater in the cistern and that's what they drink and they wash clothes from and they they use to cook food. When that thing hit, I was jumping up in the air, I was bounced in the air and I turned And one of those national masonry guys, you ever see the cartoon where someone's running in the air? That guy came shooting out of that cistern and was airborne and was running in the air because of the velocity and the sheer force of what smashed through that cistern. He went over and sat under a tree for about two hours. And then we helped his buddy up out of the cistern. I'm going to tell you this. When the earth moves under your feet, That's scary. But it's also a warning that if you're trusting in the created world, you're in trouble. We trust in God. And here in these texts, Jesus, I felt it in my heart as I was studying these texts. It was almost as though I felt like I was kind of being caged in food shortage, natural disasters, wars, rumors of wars, and all of this stuff is going to come together. And then in the middle of that, there's that text. And the text says, the love of most will grow cold. People's hearts are going to begin to turtle up inside of them. And as I looked at that, I thought, what about my heart? Now, what's interesting to me is in Matthew 24, 3, Here's what Jesus says. See to it that you are not alarmed. Wow. After that whole list, and what does he say? When all of this stuff is coming, see to it that you are not alarmed. See to it. Well, I go, really? That's all I get is see to it that I'm not alarmed. When all of this comes, see to it that you're not alarmed. By the way, that's verse 6. And here's why. Jesus said, such things must happen. Christ announces that this is part of what's going to happen in the world, and it must happen. By the way, the word alarmed in the original language means to cry aloud, to scream, and to respond irrationally. It means to become completely freaked out. But what I know is, is that some of us sitting here have been living just like that. You watch CNN or Fox News and you're living freaked out. What I would say is Christ comes to us and he'll say to you and to me, he'll say, see to it that you're not alarmed. One biblical scholar wrote this. Christians have one thing going for them that the general public has not. They know that God is over all and that his purpose in the end, will be worked out. We believe that. We believe that. As a follower of Jesus, when I read this text, I say to myself, I either follow Christ or I don't. And if I do, I look at this, and I begin to tick off those boxes. And then I ask myself this question, has my heart grown hard? Have I grown cold? And have I begun to hate people that I feel are from other kingdoms and are coming against me? Do I hate them? So when I thought about this, verse 9 of Matthew 24 says this, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. What I want to say is, I signed up to have a happy life. That's why I want to follow Jesus. But I just want to share with you that Jesus says beware because people will rise up and they will teach a gospel that is not the gospel of Jesus. It's going to be different than his gospel. Be wise. Be aware. And Jesus announces that we will be or could be And in this world right now, people are being handed over and being put to death for Christ. And they're standing firm to the end.
1: The life you gave, your body was broken. Letting you die for me there on the cross. And you breathed your last as you were crucified. And you gave it all for me. Hallelujah. forever and we thank you for the cross there in the ground sealed in the darkness lifelessly the frame of the Father Son it Adam his only son be crucified and he gave it all
2: for me hallelujah
1: what a savior hallelujah
3: For the crime.
0: And now may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may he cause his face and his love to shine upon you, and may he give us peace. You can stay in worship if you would like. If you need prayer, the prayer team will be down front to pray with you and to pray for you. Karim will be at the table at the back if you would like to speak with him. But let's all exit in an attitude of worship. Let's worship again as we go. We
3: thank you for the Christ. God, we thank you for the Christ. I'm never looking back, I surrender all, I'm living for your glory on the earth, this passion to me isn't this passion in my heart this passion